Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, apparently it does happen. I, I think I need to, like, send that damn guy an email, just tell him to send me his picks, and I'll use those every week from now on. I don't know that I'd be that desperate. Yeah, it's, it's worth considering. I think he went two and one last time he sent stuff in. You see? That's what I'm getting at here. Like, that damn guy. <sighs> Better man. That's not good. Man, waving the white flag, are we? God, it's week four, man. Yeah, come not, on. Not yet. Not yet. I'm... But I am, uh, panic mode is about to set in. Uh, but anyway, with, with that being said, let's get started. Uh, welcome back South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason Bailey. I'm with Eric Mulhair and Timmy Popovich, as per the usual. Well, boys, how was your weekend? Eric, what's going on, man? Are you, are you like, you got your, your house fucking boarded up? You ready for the hurricane to smash your front door or what? Well, yeah, I mean, it's September, so I'm kind of just in a perpetual state of ready for a hurricane to come. Um, not, by the time it gets to here, it's going to have crossed enough land. It'll slow down, and I'm, I am going to get shitty weather, but uh, I should escape you know, any sort of like structural damage or anything like that. Well, we wouldn't want to have that. Lord knows you brought the house down this week already. So, uh, Timmy, what's happening with you, man? Uh, you know, you had a better week than me this weekend, so... Uh, only marginally better. I wouldn't call it great, but uh, I'm not outsourcing my picks like you. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a great week to go four and zero, man. That's the attitude. Just uh, oh, chug, chugging away, man. Oh, geez. Well, yeah. Speaking of four and zero, that is a long way off for me. But we did have a four and zero. But you know, this week the picks champ firing back after. Uh, Going 0 and 4 in week one, man, steadily building some momentum. So we'll get to the picks here in just a minute. So we're going to open with a little bit of breaking news here. Uh, Eric, you, I can't remember, where did you have Jeff Collins on your hot seat rankings? Did you have him or did you just mention him as an honorable mention? Oh, no, he was my number one. Oh, he was number one. Okay. Yeah, he was my number one because I thought he was the least likely. Uh, of all my hot seat candidates to be able to win enough games to keep his job. Right. So like guys like uh, Norvell, I thought, Oh, you know, I think they'll win seven or eight games. I think they'll do well enough for him, you know, not basing it just strictly on performance to date, but what, what the future looks like for them. And I, I was not optimistic at all that Georgia tech would win enough games for him to keep his job. 
Yeah. Well, the uh, official news is that not only did they fire Jeff Collins, they also fired their athletic director. So it's a fresh, clean slate for Georgia Tech. Rest of the season, probably brutal, as we expected anyway. And I mean, realistically, I mean, you can, Timmy, you can look at this as a complete and utter abject failure. You know, when Collins came in, he said, we're going to modernize the offense. We're going to get away from the triple option. I guess they, you know, they were sort of tired of that. They wanted to join the rest of the crowd, but it, it just a complete and utter failure, man. Like in every aspect of from recruiting and being able to, I think the transfer portal really hurt them, you know, losing players like Jameer Gibbs, people like that, but ultimately just couldn't get it going, man. And I think it's probably a year overdue. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it was the right move to just clean house and divorce themselves from everything uh, that had been going on there. But, you know, to the same token, what you said is really what kind of makes me kind of feel shitty for him in this situation, because yeah, he was coming in here to overhaul the team and change the offensive schematic, you know, coming from the triple option and going to a more traditional college offense is not an easy task with the roster makeup. I mean, he came in and, you know, they're literally taking their triple option quarterback and like, hey, you're probably more of an actual college cornerback or safety. Like, what do you do with that roster? It takes years and years of stable recruiting to be able to turn that roster over to make it functional in that type of offense. Um, so I feel bad for the guy that the guy that's going to come in to, you know, take his spot is probably going to inherit a better product than what he did and probably be able to make it, you know, at least a little bit more successful than what he did. But I think if, you know, he would have been given some slack to stick it out another two or maybe three years, he probably would have eventually, you know, gotten some steady improvement, but it just takes a long time. See, I, I don't know that. I think a school like Georgia Tech, you're you're not really recruiting. They're recruiting against like Notre Dame or Stanford or what's another one? Um, Wake, like Northwestern. North, Northwestern, yeah. yeah. The, so that's the, the type of guys that they're trying to go get. And like I say, man, I think the transfer portal just really, really killed them. And it's the same with Stanford. I mean, to be realistic, because, you know, now they can't, even if they got a big time transfer that say wants to come in there, they can't admit that guy, you know, when they need to because of their stringent academic requirements. So the portal becomes the portal becomes a one-way street for them, unfortunately, in their case, yeah. right? It's they'll lose guys, but they have such a tough time getting kids who are able to transfer in. Now that being said, I mean, they've got to hire an athletic director first, I would think. And once that happens, I, I know there's a lot of traction for Deion Sanders. And I, I don't really see that as a good fit. I mean, I know he's a Georgia boy. You know, I, I get all that, but I think they need to, I mean, you look at what they were, right? What's better going three and nine and losing all your players to the transfer portal or what have you, or, you know, going seven and five every year and getting to a bowl game every year, even though you run the triple option. Like to me, a guy like Jamie Chadwell would be a fucking home run hire because he runs a version of that. You know, Eric, I know you've watched uh, Coastal Carolina tons of times they run a version of the triple option that's got a lot more pass options and things with it 
I think a dude like that's a home run hire for them. Well, I'm going to pour some cold water on your two candidates here because I think that Jamie Chadwell and Primetime are out of Georgia Tech's league right off the bat. I don't know that I'd buy that. Like, what, what kind of league do you think Jamie Chadwell's in right now? I think he's probably you know, going to be one of, at the end of the season, if there's some other coaches get fired, one of the leading candidates to take you know, a job somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So he might be, there might be a more attractive destination, right? Somewhere else. But I mean, as far as can, can Georgia tech go get him? Yeah. The guy's making like 900 grand a year. You don't think Georgia tech can come in and say, Hey, you know, you have a recruiting base in Atlanta, Georgia, and we'll pay you $2 million a year, uh, you know, and then escalating incentives and all that. You think he wouldn't jump out of a third story window to go take that job? No, I'm not saying that he wouldn't jump out for the money. I'm just saying that I think he's a smart guy and I think he knows his worth in that he might be looking for a little bit more, you know, advantageous scenario to get himself into than jumping right into a trash heap is what I'm saying. Well, okay, but how many how many schools fire a coach that aren't I mean, that's why these jobs open up. Well, this trash heap is a little bit taller than some of the other ones. You know, like <laughs> no one, no one ever went I, ten and two, and it's like, hey, we need to get rid of the coach. Like, it, it, I mean, it's always going to be a project. I, I get what Timmy's saying here. I, th- I think the underlying message is that Georgia Tech is not going to get back. I mean, their their ceiling is like a nine win season because they are just not going to be able to get the dudes you know, with the Clemsons and even the Wake Forests now of the world. And so why would he leave a team that could potentially be and, you know, potentially jump into the New Year's Six at the end of every season because they win 10 or 11 games typically to getting your ass kicked every week? That not very attractive there. So, yeah, I mean, if you're Jamie Chadwell or you're primetime and you're looking at, you know, Georgia Tech, Nebraska or Arizona State, is Georgia Tech at the top of the list? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see who they do get. Uh, like I said, they do have some money, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I would love to see them go back to the triple option, though, man. Them and Nebraska, for that matter. Let's line up in the Maryland eye, run it 40 times, 50 times in the first half. I like it. All right, so uh, week four, man. We God, dog, we had some crazy – some crazy outcomes this week and uh, just jump in. I'm going to do the fortune favors, the degenerate segment first here and go over the stuff that we all kind of talked about, but we didn't have any picks on. And then we'll get into our actual picks here in a minute. So we started out with uh, all three of us agreed on Syracuse. Now uh, Syracuse was minus nine and a half over Virginia. We thought Syracuse would mop the floor with them. They did not, you know, squeaked it out 20 to 22 to 20. I, I don't really know what to make of that. I didn't see the game. Did either of you see the highlights or any of that game? It was like 17, three at halftime, wasn't it? Or something yeah. like that. I mean, they were, they were on their way. I, there, you know, there's some turnovers they had chances to really pull away and they sort of just let Virginia hang around a little bit, but mm. pulled it out in the end. Yeah. So we all kind of missed on that one. And then uh, Eric, coming over to you, you liked Louisville minus thirteen and a minus thirteen over USF. That was an easy cover, forty-one to three blowout city. So, God, they're uh, bad. Yeah, so that uh, that near upset of Florida a week earlier apparently kind of a fluke. 
So Florida sleeping on them a little bit, I think. Looking forward to Tennessee, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, so that was an easy cover. And then let's see. You also liked uh, Kansas minus nine over Duke. Now, I did give you credit for this one because the line actually shrunk to minus seven, which obviously, you know, we know you were laying some skin on that. If you're, if you're cool with minus nine, obviously you're going to bet it at seven. So they did cover uh, minus seven and got uh, with a 35 to 27 win over Duke. So I liked the over in that game. That did not hit. So I missed one. You got one there. Kansas, 4-0. Do they get to 5-0? and And will we have a pick on that this week? Can't wait to find out, man. Oh, we may. Oh, dear. And then, uh, all right. Oh, God, this game. I got to talk about this game for a minute. Mizzou, Timmy, you liked them plus seven and a half. That was a cover. And Eric, you said if Auburn lost this game, that Harson would be out. And that was also reported by, uh, you know, multiple platforms before the game started. And so you took them, you know, at seven and a half with a caveat. Credit to Mizzou for doing everything they possibly could to save Brian Harson's job for another week. Because I don't think that I have ever watched a football game that was this ugly. 13 straight drives that ended in no points for either team. It was one of the worst displays of football on both sides of the ball for both teams that I've seen in probably close to a decade. I mean, did <laughs> tell me one of you saw the end of this game. Because if you didn't, I'm going to break it down for you. No, I said last week that I was going to avert my eyes from this dumpster fire of a game. It was going to be atrocious. All right, well, let me break it down for you. Uh, Mizzou gave them this game. I'm talking about gift-wrapped them this game, okay? They had a 25-yard field goal to win the game with three seconds left. They run their, you know, big, giant, fat kicker out there, and he biffs the field goal, misses it, pushes it right. Now we're going to overtime. Okay, so Mizzou already should have won once. Then we get to overtime. They stop Auburn. Auburn lines up for a field goal. He biffs the field goal, shanks it. Up, oh, penalty flag. Mizzou is fucking offsides on a field goal. Auburn lines up to kick it again. They make the kick. Okay, now Auburn's up three. Then Mizzou gets the ball on the first fucking play of their possession. He fucking fumbles it into the end zone, and Auburn recovers it. Auburn wins. Like, Auburn Jesus was in full effect. I don't know how they won that game, but... Did did they recover it, or did the ball go out of bounds in the end zone? One of the two. I think one of the Auburn players jumped on it, but okay. it might have been out of bounds either way. But I've never seen a game in like that. <laughs> it's the Sounds same. like it went exactly like I thought it was going to go. I only watch bits and, pe- bits and pieces. Um, it's one of those, you know... Hey, you had to take it in in moderation. Like you couldn't have too much of this game at one time. Um, but uh, M- Missouri, man, there's something else. I mean, they outgained them by a hundred yards, outrushed them by fifty yards, won the turnover battle. They they just they found a way. I mean, to you know, not not in a good way. They just they found a way to blow it. Two two bad football teams playing a bad football game. Yeah, you know, Drinkwitz is just like. <laughs> Dude's just got to be just sick on the sideline watching his team be offsides when Auburn shanks that field goal. I just, that's some inexplicable game management and coaching screw ups and just blech. These teams suck. We suck. <sighs> uh, all right. So moving forward from that debacle, 
Uh, all right, Eric, Timmy, you both, you guys both liked the over in Texas and Texas Tech. That was at 60 and that hit. Texas, man, they're missing Quinn Ewers. You know, we, we talked about how would they respond. No, I just saw the video of the guy going up to Bevo and horns downing the, the, the steer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good. Man, you want to fire up a Texas fan. Give Bevo the horns down, man. That's just fucking wow. That's yeah, harsh. and then I, I know the police are looking for that dude that like shoved a player as he was running by. It's just like that that place just the roof blew off of it when Texas Tech won. The fans rushed the field, went crazy. And I don't think Texas is back. No, they're definitely not back. Don't think there's much question there at this point. Now, all three of us liked Wazoo. Washington State plus six and a half. Now, Eric, I know you saw the fourth quarter of this game, and there was what? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Was there 20, 29 or 31 points scored in the fourth quarter? Yeah, so 43 points in the fourth quarter total. You kidding me? Jesus Christ. Well, Road Bo Nix was not in effect this week. Road Bo Nix fucking lit Washington State on fire yeah, in the he fourth did. quarter. And for all the crap we give Bo Nix, if you look at that guy's stats this year, he's fucking lighting it up. I mean, mm-hmm. his numbers are really, really good. He's like got on a, I think he's got a, an 11 to one touchdown interception ratio at this point, something along those lines. Just lighting it up, man. So good for Bo Nix. Yeah, I mean, put, a that, little res, put a little respect on that guy's name, man. Come on. And Oregon ended up getting the win there. You know, not much to take away from that. that yeah. Big win well, for them I on mean, the road. Wazoo, Wazoo did come up with a really clutch backdoor cover. Uh, yes. A, a one-yard touchdown run on the final play of the game to make it a three-point margin. Love yeah. to see it. Yeah, you, you do love to see that. The old backdoor action. Love it. And then, let's see. All three of us agreed on Florida State minus 16. That was a complete and utter just meltdown. I actually took all of the Florida State. Yeah, that is true. You did take all of the Florida State in that game, and good call because they fucking melted Boston College. Ugh, beat down. And, you know, I did not – I mean, we we recorded on that Monday, and we didn't know Jordan Travis's status, and he actually came out and played. It wouldn't wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) It may not have. (laughs) Oh, man. And speaking of things that wouldn't have mattered – uh, we all liked Oklahoma minus 13 and a half. And apparently Kansas State uh, was looking ahead to Oklahoma when they lost to Tulane because not only did Oklahoma not cover 13 and a half, they lost by two touchdowns. Adrian Martinez, good for that guy, man. I mean, Timmy, I don't know what you think about this. I thought about this today. Like, it's hard for me to really like rag on Oklahoma too hard because, I mean, Chris Kleiman has got what, five, six FCS titles to his name. And overall, I mean, the dude has like over a decade of head coaching experience at North Dakota State, you know, other places. And I mean, Venables is in week four of his head coaching career. So it's like, eh, kind of got out coached there probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know so much out coached, but just, you know, it's tough for a first year coach coming in at just about any program you go to, man. I mean, he's learning things along the way, being the guy in charge as opposed to just running one side of the ball. And, you know, for people that have these lofty expectations of first year coaches taking over big time programs, this is, you know, on brand for what you see most of the time. They're going to struggle a little bit, you know, not necessarily saying they're going to lose eight games, but I mean, losing to Kansas State, who's a scrappy football team, 
hey, shit happens, man. You can't just say you're going to go 12 and 0 because you hired Brett Venables. Like, it's not realistic, man. Yeah, I think this past weekend was the third time in four years they beat them. Yeah, so they, they've had some success, seem to have their number a little bit. And, uh, you know, like I say, losing to Tulane, <laughs> you know, that kind of a fluke looking ahead. So Kansas State, I mean, we were all kind of, you know, I know I was a little bit high on them coming into the season. I want to say we all took the over on them, did we not? I believe so. Yeah, I think we all did. So, you know, not overly surprised that they went up there and competed, but, uh, you know, by two touchdowns, I didn't see that coming. So then uh, moving forward to some Pac-12 action, uh, we all liked Washington minus 12 and a half over Stanford. That was a beatdown. Good call by us. So uh, not much to take away from there. Uh, Michael Penix and his big Penix energy went smoked Stanford. And David Shaw, man, put that guy on the hot seat because uh, – doesn't look good for Stanford. And then last Pac-12 action we covered was <laughs> Timmy. Uh, Timmy, I was still laughing about this today. You said uh, Arizona State might call Herm Edwards and fire him again after this game. We liked Utah minus 14, and they destroyed him. Herm got a voicemail. Bear check it. Hello? Yeah, they did it by text message the second time, like with emojis. You play to win the game. Yes. <laughs> not, not good. And then the last one, oh man, this game, we were, this was more of, a, of in a joking manner. I don't think any of us really, you know, I know I didn't personally lay any money on this game. I don't know if you guys did or not, but we all kind of called the under on the Iowa and Rutgers at 35 and a half. But with a caveat in the middle of the group chat, in the middle of the week, if you guys remember, I was willing to bet you that it went over and it ended up going over. So yeah, I don't give a shit. I will bet the under on every Iowa game for the rest of the year, and I'll win more money than I lose because they just fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, man, probably wouldn't be a bad move. I don't know. So with all that being said, uh, the games that we unanimously agreed upon, we went six and three. So not too bad there. You can make some a living that way. So, Eric, now you got to be on the lookout for Jason to get your thoughts on his picks every week, and then he's going to do the same to me secretly so that he can go 4 no. Hey, whatever works. <laughs> hey, man, I'll take it. Anyway, any help I can get, because Lord knows I need it But after these couple of weeks that I've had. And let's get into that. Speaking of which, oh, man. Timmy, I'm going to start with you because you are Mr. Consistency. Uh, Oregon State, plus six and a half. Man. Heartbreaker for the Beavs. They did cover, but man, throwing that interception, they got returned down to like the, what, I think the 15 yard line or something uh, right before the game ended, and USC ends up punching it in and holding on for the victory. Close win. USC, man, I, I still don't know what to make of them, Timmy, because they, they are relying on so many turnovers. I mean, Oregon State turned it over four times. That's the third game out of the four USC's played where they've had at least three turnovers on defense. So I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of them. I mean, are, are we buying USC? Are they good? Oh, I, I'm not buying anything on them yet. I mean, tough, you know, bad beat for the Beavs, like you said. But, yeah. you know, this was the first game that USC's really played where they've played anybody of any competency, really. And, you know, it was a lot closer than what people expected. So I'd like to see USC play a couple of other, you know, more formidable teams in their conference before I would be willing to say that, oh, yeah, they're just far and away really, really good. Like, I'm willing to say that they're probably, you know, better than most in the Pac-12, but that's not to say that they can't get beat, you know, two or three times. Yeah. 
Well, they don't play anybody competent this week. I think they're a 26-and-a-half-point favorite over Arizona State. So, yikes. Uh, and then next you had uh, North Carolina at plus two. Uh, man, Notre Dame went down there and – they hurt Mac Brown's feelings. <laughs> they did, man. That was a fucking beatdown. I mean, the score does not really indicate how much of a beatdown it was. I mean, was it? I think it was thirty-one to nothing at one point, or something yeah, like that. It, it was. It was real bad. It wasn't into garbage time to where North Carolina really started to actually put some points on the board. But yeah, you know, we we all knew that North Carolina doesn't play a shred of defense. So seeing Notre Dame put up that many points, not a surprise, but watching Drake May and the North Carolina offense get pretty much shut out for most of that game was somewhat surprising to me. Yeah, not a cover. So, you know, you need to uh, hold on to your scoops of dirt and your coffin, not ready to put Notre Dame in the ground yet. Uh, And then you pick Tennessee minus 11. Florida, man. That fucking game, man. I had to take some antacids at the end of that one. <laughs> Man, Anthony Richardson throws for 450. I mean, what kind of defense does Tennessee have, man? They, they're suspect on defense for sure. Uh, that place was electric, you know, great atmosphere. Tennessee's offense was running at a lightning fast pace. You know, good for them to get the win over Florida. But, man, it, I feel like if that game's in Gainesville, it's got a much different look to it. I just, I don't know that I'm ready to buy Tennessee stock, man. I I don't know. Their defense is pretty suspect. Yeah, I mean, they didn't have a good performance defensively last week. But by and large, I think that they are a lot better uh, than most of the teams they're going to face this year. And I'm still buying Tennessee stock, man. Hennon Hooker's playing really, really well. Uh, Their offense is clicking on all cylinders. And that's what afforded them the ability to win this game. When your offense is working like it's working for them, you can afford to give up 450 yards passing to Florida and still win the game. Yeah. Well, I was uh, I was pretty impressed with Florida to go up there and play the way they did on offense after, you know, some lackluster performances thus far, you know, against Kentucky and Utah. But, uh, yeah, Florida with the backdoor cover there, uh, not much to take away from that other than that. And then, phew, your last one, man, your your money line, you were plus 113 on Virginia Tech over West Virginia, and that one did not hit. That sort of went, you know, not certainly not gloating at you, but that one kind of went like I thought it would. West Virginia just, they got too like many dudes. Like a turd in the punch bowl? Um, that That's kind of how it went. Uh, I was double-fisting Tylenol watching that game <laughs> at the same time that the Steelers were shitting down their leg on Thursday night football. So Thursday night was uh, not a good night for me, Bob. Not at all. You were watching the wrong Thursday night games. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, God. Oh, well, all right. And then moving over to the defending picks champ. Whew, Eric, you are on a heater, my man. So – Busted in this week, went 4-0 in the picks, and now uh, Timmy, has uh, our commissioner, has suggested that you only get a half a point for your Arkansas cover. <laughs> yes, that's complete nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Arkansas covers two and a half. A&M didn't do anything to blow any air up my skirt. They just, I, I don't think they're very good, but Arkansas downed some dudes in the secondary. Outside of that one insane fumble play i mean that that's the reason texas a&m won the game i mean it just that was ridiculous yeah that i mean i was was that game thinking they're about to 
you know, midway through the second quarter, they're about to put this one away. You know, you go up 21-7 on Texas A&M and you feel really good about it because of, of oh, what yeah. you've seen from their offense this year. And and just like that, suddenly it's 14-13 and you're kind of reeling. And it, it never really felt like Arkansas got over that play. No, it did not. They seemed like a hangover. And bad beat for Texas A&M there. They did uh, lose Anaya Smith for the season. So questionable offense and you lose your best receiver. Not great. Um, but uh, you did cover there. So good call. And then you went back to the old well on Coastal Carolina, minus two and a half. They took care of business as per the usual. So I think you're pretty much undefeated on Coastal Carolina picks, if I can recall. Uh, I think I'm, I think I missed one last year, but I'm something in the neighborhood of like five and one backing them yeah. last two seasons. Yeah. God, just automatic. And speaking of automatic, Minnesota minus two and a half. Wasn't mad that that hit for you because I did lay some skin on that when it was at two and a half on that Monday. And that was an easy win, man. Michigan State is a dumpster fire. You guys made the right call when you took the under on them boys. Yeah, I think it's a matter of, I think Minnesota's just actually really good. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. They seem like the clear-cut best team in the West. and it I don't know, really man. Sparty might be looking for a little bit of take-backs on that Mel Tucker contract after what's going on there in East Lansing. <sighs> they might. It's really starting to feel like they bought high on, yeah. on that. Uh, I mean, yeah, we'll 95, see. 95 million bucks is a lot of money, but I have a feeling that money mostly came from some boosters. So uh, yeah, either way, there's, there's some people that are probably a little irritated right now. Yeah. Probably the two guys that put up that 95 million, but we'll see. So yeah, Minnesota took care of business. Oh, uh, they got an interesting game this week. We may have a pick on that later. And then you took Baylor over Iowa State at plus 113 on the money line. Good call, man. Baylor goes on the road, gets a win. Aranda still doing it. Yeah, they really controlled that game from from the parts I watched it. I'd never, I mean, they were up two touchdowns until late. I never really felt like as I was watching it that that one was in jeopardy. Faden Matt Campbell. Love it. Yeah, you love to see it. And Baylor, they did dominate most of that game. They uh, That's what I saw pretty much, that Baylor, I think they have probably, along with Oklahoma State, the best lines of scrimmage in the Big 12. So seems like they pretty much dominated that game in the trenches, and it wasn't really as close as the score indicated. So 4-0 for you, big week. And then breezing through mine because uh, I went fucking 0-4 again. Oh, God, man. Liberty. I think they're looking ahead to Old Dominion. They slept walk through that game against Akron, did not cover 28. Went back to the well, and it was dry. So what are you going to do? Uh, Michigan, minus 17 against Maryland. Maryland plays a little ball, man. I think I underestimated them a little bit. They they gave Michigan some problems when they were playing defense. Like They, they pretty much stacked the box at first and put their corners out on an island, and their receivers weren't really gaining much separation. But once Michigan figured it out, they just said, fuck it, we're going to run Blake Corum every play, and he ended up rushing for 245 yards. So all that stuff we talked about in the preseason of you know Maryland starting a bunch of walk-ons and transfers in their front seven really showed there. So uh, not great. 34 to 27 there. So did not cover minus 17, and then this game, pff, Clemson. Clemson minus eight did not cover. If you told me that uh, they were going to give up 44 points to Wake Forest, I would have told you you're nuts. Timmy, do you have a take on that game? Um, I don't know, man. Like To say that it was a surprise to see Wake Forest put up that many points on Clemson, like, yeah, I know Clemson has a lot of good dudes on defense, but 
Wake Forest does what they do very, very well. And I don't think they give a shit who they play. I don't care who you play. They're one of those teams that just, you know, does what they do and they don't get rattled and they don't let all the noise get to them. And you saw that this game. I think that this this is a, a matchup that favored Wake Forest because um, even though they don't play a lick of defense, Clemson's offense sputtered just enough to where it made the difference uh, for them being able to cover. Yeah, so that uh, not not great. Not real thrilled about that. I just I don't think anybody could have called that that game would end up you know getting into the seventies or eighties in scoring. I just whatever. But DJU he looked awful good. You know maybe he's back from being the ghost of DJU as a freshman. I don't know. I think when you said that in the group chat, I sent you the gif of somebody pumping the brakes. So just. You know. <laughs> Take it easy for a minute, all right? Hey, man, I don't trust him as far as I could throw him, so don't don't worry. And then uh, my upset pick, I was plus 134 on the money line on Arizona over Cal. Arizona went out and looked like uh, the Arizona of old. They gave up 49 points to one of the worst offenses in the Pac-12. So, you know, whatever. I, I mean, it's Arizona, not somebody I would regularly bet on, but uh, hey. Hopefully I can do better this week. So yeah, on the week, Timmy, you took one point uh, with one spread and you missed everything else. Eric went four and oh, so he took five points and I went oh and fucking four and took zero points again. So, <sighs> all right, boys. Well, this next segment is brought to you by TP's Butthurt Cream and you can soothe your south end zone with a little TP's Butthurt Cream to help yourself after the devastating loss or just getting clean the fuck out on betting. So, uh, Eric, who's your TP's Buttercream nominee of the week? My nominee uh, is the Miami Hurricanes, who got absolutely worked over by Middle Tennessee State. We just got our ass totally kicked. Usually, when when you know the the group of five team comes in and, and beats the you know, the power five team or the blue blood or whatever, you know, we've talked about this before. It, a lot of times, it, you know, they just kind of hang around and then it's one fluky play or one turnover here. And this was not that this was just a straight up ass kicking uh, all game. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, I'm going to pose a question here, Eric, and you can uh, take it for what you will. But I think Josh Gaddis is the problem. Look at Tyler Van Dyke last year, slinging it around. And this year, he looks like he's wearing handcuffs to the point where he's so bad he got benched in this game. Yeah, I don't know if Josh Gaddis is necessarily the problem, but there there's something that's not right with them offensively. And you know, I think Mario Cristobal was uh, at his post game press conference talked about you know there's there's an adjustment of scheme that you know maybe they're looking at whether this scheme is maybe not doesn't really play to his strengths as a as a player. And yeah, you know, which is crazy at this point in the season that you're just realizing that, like, why, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, you know, you look at guys like uh, Swinney or Saban or Smart, and they figure out what their team is good at, what their players are good at, and mold their offensive attack around that. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's why those guys have rings and Mario's two and two. I don't know. Well, I mean, Cristobal never, he never really had an elite offense at Oregon. And uh, I think he just doesn't really know how to coach an elite offense. And Josh Gaddis, I mean, they they look like Michigan last year to, to where they can't throw the ball and they don't have any receivers. And they're not good enough to just pound the rock at people. And, I mean, Middle Tennessee State, 
Ugh, God, what a disaster. All right, so Miami there. I'm going to go with uh, Southern Methodist University here. The S- SMU, the Mustangs, they were, they lost their coach, Sonny Dykes, to TCU, which felt like an ultimate betrayal to the fan base, the administration. A lot of people pissed off about it, and they went up. TCU just worked them over this week, and the score doesn't really indicate how much of a beatdown this was. I mean, it was 28-14 to 14 after the first half, and, I mean, they pulled within 14, but then TCU rattled off another 14 and got up, you know, 42 to whatever, and uh, SMU scored some points in garbage time, but Sonny Dykes takes care of business, beats the shit out of his former team, and tells everybody to fuck off. So I'm going to give my nominee to TC or to uh, SMU's fan base, you know, for uh, having to endure that. That was a valiant nomination, Jason, but unfortunately, the shipping label's already been printed. It went out the door last night. All the assholes in Miami will be getting some butthurt cream to soothe their south end zone. Uh, it'll actually be there by 10 a.m. tomorrow, guaranteed shipping. <laughs> you guys were hypothesizing a little bit about what's wrong with Miami's offense, and the answer is very clear. It's Tyler Van Dyke. He has not performed up to snuff from what he did last year to what he's doing this year. If I were to tell you that Grant Wells from Virginia Tech has a higher QBR than Tyler Van Dyke, would you call me crazy? Because it's fucking true. And that's bad. Okay? Really bad. The kid needs to step it up if, you know, Miami's going to amount to anything this year. And he's severely underperforming, in my opinion. Man. Well. There you go. So you heard it here, and uh, it's a great weekend to use the promo code Hurricane to uh, get you some TP's Butter Cream Two for One special. So you might need it for the actual hurricane that's coming through, and uh, you know maybe for your fan base having to watch that debacle this past weekend. But uh, all right. So before we get into the picks for next week and our hot seat rankings update, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And if that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. And with those, you can boost your winnings 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, Why bet on football anywhere else? Throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game per day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TPPN and get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TPPN. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See our show notes for the details. Hey guys, Jason Bailey of the South End Zone here. Lately, I've been listening to a ton of music, podcasts, audiobooks, that kind of thing. I really love to listen to music before I go work out and while I'm working out. And the reason that I love to do that is because I use Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. And with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me, I use them personally. 
I really like them. They're they're just they're fantastic. You get them sweaty, nasty. They're still fantastic. Now Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life, which is better than you're going to find pretty much anywhere else. And also better than you're going to find pretty much anywhere else is the price. They are half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's got over 50,000 five-star reviews. I mean, some of the features that these things have are just fantastic. The three customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap function, noise isolation, awareness mode. The list goes on and on and on. And like I say, I personally use these things when I go to work out. You're not going to find a better pair of headphones. So just do yourself a favor and go to buyraycon.com TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com TPPN. Welcome back to the South End Zone here on the Pigskin Podcast Network. All right, boys. So uh, before the season started, we uh, we did some hot seat rankings. Now, I'm going to run through these here really quick to provide everyone with uh, an update of anybody who might not have caught them. So, Eric, I'm going to start with your hot seat rankings because a lot of these guys are still employed and a couple of them aren't. So you, your number one was Jeff Collins. We already talked about him on. Uh, at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. He's gone as of this week. Now, number two, you had Dino Babers, Syracuse. And obviously, I think Babers has saved his job at this point. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless uh, unless he loses the last eight. I mean, he's they, they are much, much better than, than I or even, frankly, a lot of people expected. They look like a quality football team that's going to go out and win seven, eight games. So yeah. I, I think he's 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 got himself at least another year. Yeah. I agree. And then uh, you had Herm Edwards, number three. So two of your top three are gone. That's good. And then at number four, you had uh, two names. You had four, uh, Scott Frost and also Mike Norvell. Scott Frost is gone, so three of your top four are gone. And then Norvell, still hanging on, man. And I I would say I think Norvell has saved his job as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, they're 4-0. They have – they got at least two games left on their schedule that look like you know, complete gimmies um, with Georgia Tech and Louisiana. And then they, you know, they have a lot of other winnable games, uh, you know, Miami, Florida, you know, so on and so forth. I, they, you know, they got their work cut out for them a couple of times, but I, I think it's another eight win team. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, you might have made a good call there on the over. Uh, Eric, all right. the Grim Reaper, man, three for five. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get on that guy's hot seat, Liz, because you're in deep shit if you do. All right, so Timmy, moving over to you, you had Brian Harson at number one, and uh, I think that's not a bad move. Still a viable candidate. Yeah, I I, I, I would agree. I think he's uh, he's sitting on the surface of the sun at the moment. Uh, now you had Scott Frost at number two. We know he's gone. You had uh, Chip. Ke- you <laughs> you had Chip Kelly at number three. So. I, I mean, they're still undefeated. a viable candidate. They're four and zero, but they've played absolutely nobody. They yeah. can still lose every game in conference play and get himself in deep shit. I'm still holding yeah, out th- hope. 
Yeah, I think they're a uh, three and a half point dog at home right, right now to Washington. So uh, could be the first loss of the year for them. We'll see. And then you had Scott Satterfield at Louisville. Now this one, I I think he's still a viable candidate, but I think he's got a a real chance to save his job. They've got a pretty easy three game stretch coming up. So if he can manage to win those three, then I think he'll be safe. Right now, he's like the equivalent of like trying to walk your dog and your dog gets ahead of you and you tug on the leash, you know, and and then the dog like heals and comes back. And then all of a sudden he starts to chase a squirrel. So you got to choke him with the leash again. Like that's what Louisville's doing this year. And that's how I feel like his his job is right now. I, I don't think he's necessarily on the hot seat anymore, but let him fuck around and lose, you know, four or five games, you know, going forward the rest of the year. And then, yeah, then he's going to be in trouble. Yeah, not great. And then uh, number five, you had Mike Norvell, which we discussed. Um, he's probably saved his job at this point. They look pretty good. They're 4-0, so probably bought himself another year there. And then for me, uh, recapping real quick, I had Scott Frost at number one. He's gone along with Brian Harson at 1B. So 1A, 1B, Frost, and Harson. So Harson's still hanging in, but – his number's up the next time he loses. I had Norvell at number two, so probably a big miss there having him up that high. I also had Chip Kelly at number three, so I'm right there with you, holding out hope. And then I had Herm Edwards at four. A good call there. And then I had David Shaw at Stanford at number five. And I still stand by this because I just don't see any way they're going to have a good season the rest of the year. They've already been blown out a couple of times. I mean, how many fucking terrible seasons can you have before you say this guy's the problem? I, I just now, I don't know. I I agree that he's in trouble, especially how they've started the year. But I still believe that he gets one more year after this one, and then he might be one of those guys that if he comes out next year and goes one and three, then he's out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But uh, all right. So we're going to update our hot seat rankings here. We're going to do a top three and uh, we can also throw in some honorable mentions if you guys like. So, uh, Eric, you won uh, the picks last week. I'm going to start with you, man. So who's your top three on the hot seat right now? Uh, Number three, I got Jeff Scott at USF, who is four and 21 in two, two years and change. He is he's toting one win against FBS competition. So of his four and 21, three of those wins have been against FCS teams. So uh, one win against an FBS team, which was Temple last season. So we're really kind of setting the bar low. Uh, They're just, they're bad. I don't know. They're bad. They haven't gotten any better. He doesn't appear to be making much headway. And I just really question how long they're going to continue to put up with that type of win loss numbers. Uh, Number two, I got Brian Harson, who seems to be primed up and ready to go the next time he loses a football game. Uh, he, he's nine and eight there at Auburn, four and seven against power five teams, though. And, you know, Auburn is Auburn. So nine and eight's not going to cut it. They, they, they have less patience than maybe anybody. Um, but my number one guy is Carl Durrell at Colorado, who they are 0 and 4 this year which already sounds bad, but then you look and they've lost 12 of their last 15 and they've been outscored 103 to 47. They're just, I'm not sure they'll win a game. I don't disagree with any of those takes. Timmy, what do you got? Um, so 
I only have two names on the hot seat, and then I got a couple of guys that are on the seat warmer. So no surprise, my number one guy is still Brian Harsons. Obviously, you know, as we've talked about it the last, you know, however many times we've brought his name up, he's in deep shit. Um, and then number two, I'm going to echo Eric's thoughts with Carl Durrell at Colorado. Dumpster fire. It's not looking good for them this year. I don't see how he makes it out alive. So I think those two guys are the imminent departures at the end of the year, if not sooner. Um, but then on the warm seat, I'm going to bring in a couple of names that we really haven't talked about yet. And the first one I'm going to bring up is Jeff Halfley at Boston College. I know that he just signed an extension last year, but with the way that Boston College has come out this year, I think they're starting to murmur in Boston. Probably not going to get fired at the end of the year this year, but again, if he screws around and has another you know season like he's having again next year, not going to be good for that guy. And then following him, the murmurs have definitely already started in Morgantown with Neil Brown. You know, I know they got off the schneid last week, but they beat up on, you know, the defenseless crippled kid in Virginia Tech. Not an impressive win. They got to get some quality wins under their belt before the, uh, the pitchforks come down in Morgantown. And then the last guy that I'm going to put on this list is one of my all-time favorites, Mac Brown. I can't fathom how he gets the recruits that he gets and he continues to roll out mediocrity onto the field. I have to believe that if they have another mediocre season this year, he's going to be seriously under consideration at the end of the year, if not next year. Retire. Yeah, exactly. Let him, let him respectfully ride off into the sunset in his Jordans. Man, well, a name I'm going to throw out there, Eli Drinkwitz at Missouri. You got to go back and watch that game to really see how fucking terrible they are at football on both sides of the ball. Like it's not good. They stink and they're going to get drilled. I mean, George is going to put up a 50 burger on them and it's, I mean, they may not score a point. So I don't know, man. I just, you, you can't hang around the sec that long getting beat 55 to nothing unless you coach at Vanderbilt. I just don't feel like he's got great longevity there. So I would go Harson, Durrell and Drinkwitz. For my top three. So with all that being said, let's just fucking go, man. Let's get into the picks for this week. I want to, I want to hear what you guys have to say. So, yeah, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and lock up Georgia at minus 28 here. I think they put up a 50 burger on them. And after what I saw from Mizzou's offense, I'd be shocked if they score a point. Timmy coming over to you. Uh, I am going to go back to the well here. Uh, and I am going to fade Boston College, and I'm going to take Louisville minus 16 in a boat race. Oh. Boston College is just so terrible. I like Louisville probably all the way up to 20, honestly. Oh, man. Louisville minus 16 over BC. Whew, man. Yeah. I, I don't hate it either. I think they probably destroy them. Now, it is on the road, but it's like you said, man, Boston College sucks. So, yeah, real daunting atmosphere they're getting to walk into. Yeah, not, I don't think so either. So, uh, yeah, good call. Eric, what do you got for round one? Uh, well, we just got done talking about him. So, I'm going to talk about him some more. Uh, Carl Durrell, you're in deep shit this week. I'm going to take Arizona minus 17 and a half. 
in addition to being 0-4 this year, Colorado also is one of six teams in FBS that is 0-4 against the spread this week, and I believe that trend will continue. Oh, my goodness. Three easy money picks right off the bat. Let's go. Man, the day – I never thought I would say the day where – Arizona would be a pick on our podcast at catching two plus touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Against a conference opponent. And what's funny, like Colorado beat the shit out of them last year, beat them like 34 to nothing. And this year they're a 17 and a half point favorite. Figure that out. It's, it's mind boggling. All right. That wraps up round one. Now round two f- here for me, this is a just straight up statistical pick and I'm going to take it because well, Historically, it hits 80% of the time. I'm going to take Air Force and Navy, and I'm going to take the total here under 37 and a half. I know it's low. It opened at 39. It's down to 37 and a half. Service Academy unders hit 80 plus percent of the time over the last 15 years. So statistically, you just you can't pass it up. It's one I have to take. So Navy and Air Force under 37 and a half for me. There he is, going back to the greatest hits. <laughs> yeah, man. Gotta gotta stick to what works, man. After playing, these two playing all the oldies. Yeah, man. The, just what are you gonna do? You gotta you gotta try to find something somewhere. So uh Timmy, what do you got for round two, man? Well, I too am compiling a greatest hits album and I'm staying in the ACC and I like Duke minus two and a half over the Cavaliers. Brennan Armstrong not getting it done this year. And on the other side of the ball, Riley Leonard is lighting it up. And I like Duke's offense to run roughshod all over Virginia. Two and a half, not enough. Man, the Dukies, God. Arizona, Duke, fucking Kansas is on our – oh, man. This is a weird season. It really is. It's nuts. Um, Eric, what what do you got for round two here? Washington State is catching four and a half versus Cal, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take Wazoo and lay those points. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Washington State pulls in Arizona and lets them score 49 points. So don't hate that. Both these teams just aren't very good, in my opinion. Now this is the one that I struggled with the most. I'm gonna do something that I swore I never would do, but I just cannot bring myself to not do it because I feel like I'm gonna be kicking myself either way. I think I'm like 0-6 on bets that contain LSU over the last two to three years. But after what I saw from Auburn the other day, I cannot just not fade them. So I'm going to take LSU here. The line is up to nine. Just give me LSU to cover here, minus nine. I don't love the pick, but I'm just it's more of a fade to Auburn because, good God, they stink. And if LSU even wins by one, Harson's fired. So and I think he knows that. So give me LSU to cover nine against Auburn. Timmy, what do you got? I'm going to stay in the ACC, and I'm going to make a play like we did the last time a coach got fired, uh, and I'm going to take the Pitt Panthers minus 24 at home over Georgia Tech. This one should be an absolute laugher. Minus 24. Yeah, that's probably going to be a beatdown. I, uh, I don't hate that. Uh, Eric, what do you got, man? Yeah, I think I would like that one, even if they didn't just fire their coach. Um, third pick, I was close to laying the points with Air Force, but instead of laying points, I'm going to take points. So give me, oh man, I can't believe I'm saying, give me Iowa plus 10 and a half. 
Excuse me? Hey, man, don't hate on him. I like that pick actually a lot. I watched a fair amount of that Michigan and Maryland game, and I was not impressed by Michigan. So. I guess if you can get any points with Iowa, it's a good thing. So, it, well, well, I, just, I, mean, I think Iowa's defense digits. is good yeah. enough to. I mean, that's that's true. That's if true. It was seven and a half, that'd be one thing. But to come, you know, even if it was nine and a half, once you cross that that ten point threshold, right, where you where you start getting the specific numbers and crossing crossing a number, uh, ten and a half, it was up to eleven uh, as of last night. But you know, as of this evening, uh, about an hour ago, Tuesday night, it was ten and a half. So I'll take those. Iowa getting double digits plus at home against pretty much anybody outside of like Ohio State or Georgia or Alabama. It's not a bad play. So uh, that was one I had on my uh, on my list here, but I just went with the LSU because Auburn stinks. But uh, yeah, like that pick, man. I, I think that's a good one. Uh, all right, so money line upsets here. This one was also difficult for me because there's just I feel like there's some really good ones to choose from here, but as bad. <laughs> Bad as I hate to do it, man, because I really, I, I really like this guy as a coach, man. But I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Kentucky to upset Ole Miss here. I, I'm plus two hundred on the money line with Kentucky here. I said they were gonna get to nine wins in the preseason, and I know Ole Miss is not gonna be an easy place to go get a win. But I, I just can't pass up the value of plus two hundred on the money line here. So give me Kentucky over Ole Miss at plus two hundred for my upset. Solid pick. I like it. Well, that probably means it's not going to hit. So, uh, Eric, what do you got? I think Tim's first. Don't rob me because somebody's liable <laughs> to take this one. Kansas. <laughs> you're you're going to love this one, man. And uh, I said he's dead to me, and I'm done with him, and I'm officially burying Matt Campbell, and I'm taking the Jayhawks outright at plus 129 over the Cyclones. Book it. Yes, I love that. Love it. Man, Bayhawks hit the over. I'm glad you guys are finally on board, man. It only took them going 4-0 and before you guys jumped on board with them. That's good. Hey, man, needed the eye test. <laughs> I love to see it, man. That And, you know, that, that quarterback that they've got, man, that dude could play. He could ball. So, yeah, I, I like Kansas there, too. And uh, plus, plus 129 is not terrible value here. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Uh, I got up yesterday and I was, as I was eating breakfast, I was kind of scrolling the lines and uh, I saw Indiana was plus 145 on the money line at Nebraska. And I could not hit place bet far or fast enough. Um, <laughs> and I'm actually kind of kicking myself because now it's up to 182. Um, <sighs> and that is my pick because I think Nebraska is just in disarray and, you know, and I know Mickey Joseph's changing a lot of stuff and, and trying to get some things fixed. I just really question how much he can do in one off week. And I've seen, I've seen parts of two different Indiana games and they, they do not look like your mama's Indiana Hoosiers. I don't know if anyone's noticed this, but Indiana runs the most plays per minute in college football. Yeah. It's like three, three point something, 3.1 yeah, or and, two and, plays per minute. It's they're at three point three, and the the next highest I think is like three point one two, and so you think okay, point two plays per minute, yeah, whatever. That's actually a pretty significant gap because the difference between first and second on that list is the same as the difference between second and eighth. So yeah, there's a lot of teams that play fast, but they are noticeably faster than anyone. And if anyone's watched any 
amount of Nebraska football this year. They know that their defense is capital B bad. So I just really like the matchup for Indiana and I love the value. Mm, well, yeah. So uh, Indiana over Nebraska plus 182. All right. So to recap, Timmy, coming to you first, you are uh, on Louisville minus 16 over Boston College, uh, Duke minus two and a half, and then Pittsburgh minus 24, and Kansas over Iowa State on the money line at plus 129. And then I am on Georgia minus 28 over Mizzou, Air Force and Navy under 37 and a half, LSU minus nine, and then Kentucky over Ole Miss at plus 200. And Eric is on Arizona minus 17 and a half over Colorado. Washington State at minus four and a half. Iowa at plus 10 and a half against Michigan. And he is on Indiana over Nebraska at plus 182 on the money line. So we'll see what happens. But uh, with that being said, let's get into fortune favors the degenerate here and talk about some of these that we haven't touched on yet. I want winners. Uh, first one I want to touch on, Timmy. I'm going to bring this one to you because you, you're you've you hold the most shares in Michael Penix's stock. So uh, Friday night delight, man, 9:30 p.m. or it'll be 10:30 Eastern on uh, ESPN. Uh, Washington is going on the road to UCLA here. Two four and teams, both one and zero in the conference. Uh, Washington is a. Let me double check this. I think they are a three and a half point favorite at this moment. Yep, three and a half. All right. So what do you got there? What do you, uh, nope, it's at three. Three is what I'm showing here. So I renewed it. Yep. So Washington minus three uh, on the road to UCLA. What do you got? Unless you're putting a one in front of that three, it's easy money, man. I mean, this this is going to be beat down central. UCLA, like I said earlier, talking about Chip Kelly, I don't think they've been tested at all. And Washington is liable to be a buzzsaw for them. They've they've looked real good so far this year, and I don't think UCLA has anything for them, quite honestly. Whew. What about you, Eric? I like Washington minus three, but I like over 66 better. That's kind of see. I'm like I I wouldn't bet on this game. This is not one that I will throw any money on. But uh, I mean, I I wouldn't hate taking UCLA at plus one twenty four here. But I, I just wouldn't touch this game. But like Washington's defense has looked kind of ferocious <laughs> through the first few weeks. Like their defensive line's really good. So I don't know that UCLA will be able to score a ton of points in front of all seven hundred of their fans and. I mean, I, I, I'm with you guys. I think Washington will definitely put up some points on them. So I, I like them at minus three here, but I, I personally wouldn't touch this game. I don't have a play there. So, all right. So moving forward here, uh, let's move on to Saturday because that's really the only meaningful game before Saturday kicks off here. So uh, Alabama going on the road to Arkansas here. My boys heading up to Arky. Arkansas coming off that crazy fucking stupid loss to Texas A&M. Alabama is laying 17 and a half here. So, uh, Timmy, what do you got here? Uh, yeah, I like Alabama at 17, man. I know that they've had a couple of stumbles, you know, early on in the week as far as how they looked. But I think Nick Saban gets them right, and 17 is, a, is an easy cover for them this week. What about you, Eric? What do you think about the Tide this week? I'm torn. I think I am a slight Arkansas plus the points lean. I think it's maybe more of a two touchdown game than a 17 or 20 point game. But, uh, you know, Alabama to me clearly is the better team. And really, it's going to come down to how does Arkansas respond from that letdown the other night? But 
I, you know, and I think the pitmaster kind of gets them, gets them right and gets them focused. They played Alabama really tough last year. Uh, they had a chance to win that game. Uh, so I think they can keep it within 17 points, but they will lose. Well, Arkansas played them close last year. I would lean with you. I mean, any SEC team that's getting 17 and a half points at home when we predict them to be a, a decent team preseason, to me, that is, you know, something you would want to look at taking. But with the injuries that Arkansas has had in the secondary and with Alabama starting to look like they're getting their passing game going a little bit, I, I'm kind of with Timmy here. I, I would lean towards Alabama uh, covering that 17 and a half. I think this one could potentially get ugly especially if they can bottle up K.J. Jefferson in the run game. So, uh, all right, now moving forward again. All right, now we talked about Minnesota earlier, Timmy, being uh, the clear-cut best team in the West, and you faded them all preseason. No, did we already – did we say that? Yeah, we did. And uh, also, you picked Purdue to win the Big Ten West, and if they're going to do that, then they've got to fucking win this week because they are on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota is minus 12.5 here. What what's your take? Or actually, they're minus twelve at the moment. What what's your take there? You know, I don't know, man. I still think Purdue has the offense to score with people. I know Minnesota's been playing really good football this year, but I would probably probably ride Purdue with the points on this one, man. Quite honestly. What about you, Eric? You must think I'm dumb. No. <laughs> yeah. No. <It's> no. <laughs> it's a very quick. No. No, I'm telling you. The- the Gophers are a really good team. I've I've caught a, about half of three different games, and they they have the best third down offense and the best third down defense in the country. And they they're just grinding people up. Uh, you know, their strengths line up really really well against Purdue's weaknesses. And you know, I think this might be a twenty pointer. I'm telling you right now, and I mean, you guys can call me crazy if you want. If you put Minnesota and Ohio State on a neutral field right now, Minnesota could play with them. And I think that's because of their defense. They have got, and you can go check this on Twitter and various other sources. Shout out to uh, Pro Football Focus on Twitter that does all the grades for individual players. And a lot of Minnesota's players are grading like some of the highest in the country thus far as how they're playing their secondary is elite and i just i think minnesota boat races purdue i do i think it's a beat down like 17 to 21 points i just they're at home i don't like purdue's defense i don't necessarily love their offense and jeff brahm's mismanagement of a game so yeah i'm on uh, minnesota here with eric minus the 12 all right, so the next one, uh, Eric, I'm going to take this back to you here. Uh, Kansas State coming off the win over Oklahoma. They're at home this week against Texas Tech. Texas Tech coming off the big win over Texas. So these two teams putting the you know best two teams in the Big 12 program-wise in the dirt last week. What's this looking like here? Kansas State minus eight at home against Texas Tech. I don't know, it's a lot from what I've seen of Texas Tech um, offensively. So I – would probably lean towards Texas Tech to cover that. The Tulane game is really starting to feel like kind of an aberration, like they were looking past it. So I'm I'm kind of back on the K State. You know, it was a Big Twelve dark horse train that we were all yeah. on at the in the yeah. preseason. Um, yeah. So I I like K State to win, Texas Tech to cover. Mm. All right. What about you, Timmy? In Texas Tech. Now you have my attention. <laughs> They've uh, they've caught my eye a little bit, man. So I kind of like them in this game against Kansas State. Quite honestly, what'd you say? What'd you say they're laying? 
Uh, they are getting eight points. So oh, they're, they're plus getting, eight. On they're getting points, even better. Yeah, yeah they're plus I would, eight. I would, I would definitely take eight points with Texas Tech. Uh, I've liked All what right. they've done so far this year. Yeah, I would. Uh, I wouldn't bet the line, but I would lean more towards taking the over here. It's at fifty-seven and a half. I think there could be a lot of points scored here. But uh, Timmy, if you want to uh, risk it and uh, just bet Texas Tech to win, you'd be plus two thirty-five on the money line there. So uh, easy money. Yeah, be a be a nice payday there. So uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, like I said, I, you guys are both on Texas Tech and the points. That's correct, Eric. You you lean Texas Tech getting the points there? Getting the points, yeah, but I still think yeah. K-State probably wins. Okay. All right. Yeah, and I would uh I would lean towards taking the over here at 57 and a half. As everyone knows, we are a Mike Leach podcast here. We are Leach fans. We love Leach. Now, Leach is at home, the home of the Cowbell, and he's laying four against Texas A&M. Jimbo coming to town as a four-point underdog to Mike Leach. Eric, what are we doing here? I think I'm going to take Leach. Oh. I think I'm going to take take Leach and leave the points. I, I don't I haven't seen enough from AM's offense. You know, they've they just haven't done they they looked a little better the other night than they had the first uh, couple of games with Max Johnson under there as opposed to Haynes King. But still, you know, that they they don't win the Arkansas game without that that goofy fumble recovery return uh they might not win the miami game without that muffed punt that gives them the ball inside the 10 but they really didn't do anything offensively there uh they did almost nothing offensively against app state so i think leach gets it done i would tend to agree i would go with leach here i mean conventional wisdom would say you take the higher ranked team and lay the and you know take the points but i just Texas A&M didn't show me anything against Arkansas to make me think that they can go in on beat Mississippi State on the road after losing to them at home last year. Where are you at, Timmy? Uh, so I'm going to go on record. I was high on Texas A&M at the beginning of the year, but I was <laughs> bamboozled, okay? <laughs> I want my money back again. But I don't think the, the people who make these stupid-ass rankings have figured out that they've been bamboozled yet, and the odds makers haven't figured out that they've been bamboozled yet because minus four is not enough for Mississippi State. I think they roll easy against Texas A&M. Give me all the leech, all of it. All right. Well, with that, we're going to close it out. And you guys can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. You can follow me at Jason Bailey 47. You can follow Eric at Eric Mulher. You can follow Timmy at SE underscore Timmy Poe. And we'd like to thank our corporate sponsors, Raycon Global and DraftKings Sportsbook. And we'll be back with you next week for week six, man. See you then. Later. Thank you very much. Have a great day.